0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of MC Fireside Chats. We're doing all kinds of crazy things this week because we got to one-up ourselves. So I'm literally on a raft on the river, and we're going to do a show here talking about attractions and things like that. I'm actually sitting on this. We'll show you the raft in a minute. I'm literally soaking wet sitting in the water here. Uh, but super cool. Got my phone in front of me. Excited to bring you guys this new episode of MC Fireside Chats. We're going to talk about attractions and ways to enhance your revenue at campgrounds and things like that. Uh, through the use of exactly what I'm sitting on, right? Uh, you got a river or a lake or something like that, mm-hmm. but both, you know, bicycles and uh, rentals and all kinds of other things. Uh, we've got a couple of people on the show with us. Shane Devinish going to introduce himself in a second. Uh, my dog here, who's freaking out because she's on the raft. Um, there's a, oh, there's a duck. That's what she's freaking yeah. out about? Okay. All right. And then we got uh, Daryl here, obviously, our editor for Modern Campground.
1: Uh, hey, y'all.
0: Who else do we have on the show? I don't know. I think we're supposed to have Randy. Oh, Joe. I can't see the whole screen here because I'm on my phone. So, Joe from from Community Design here is going to talk about. So, we're going to talk about like amenities at campgrounds and stuff. And then we're also going to go into like um, some unique ways to expand as a supplier and to reach new audiences as a campground too. Because here's the thing Um, for the last six months, I've been telling people, well, most people, that I'm in a secret location and nobody knows where that is. That's because I am, uh, let me just flip this around. Say hi to Kara. So <laughs> we are in, uh, I'm in Canada and I've been here for the last six months to expand Insider Perks into Canada and open up a Canadian headquarters here in Vancouver. Uh, so we're just outside Calgary floating in the river outside my really cool Airbnb rental, which you can't see, but I'll take you up and do a tour uh, outside later. It's a 150-year-old rental. But anyway... So that's why we're going to talk about Canada and expanding it in there because we're doing it at Insider Perks uh, and just, you know, first time that Kara and I are together live on a show uh, and we're going to have some fun here. So let's go around and introduce everybody real quick. Joe, you want to start?
1: Sure. Uh, I'm Joe Duming. I'm the founder of At My Community. We make maps for campgrounds. I mean, one of our customers has their own app. And, um, i'm uh, actually at one of my customers parks right now and uh our service is a little sketchy here so if i if i drop off at all sorry
0: that's okay angela you can switch around and highlight joe if you want <laughs> did we lose people oh there we go cool. <laughs> this is gonna be a disaster there's no way this
2: goes <on a> <laughs>
1: Ryan, you've only been doing this for a year. You should, you should have it dialed in by now. Angela's (laughs) running the show today. She's in the background. So
3: (laughs) she's in the studio.
0: Right. All right. Go ahead, Joe. I think we're lagged, but
1: Oh, I don't know if you didn't hear me. Uh, I'm, I'll try again. I'm Joe Duming with app, my community. Uh, we make mobile apps for campgrounds. Every one of our customers has an individual app and, uh, Well, as Ryan just said, we're laggy and kind of have a shoddy service. And so I'm actually at um, at a very nice campground of one of our customers in Wisconsin.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Joe, really appreciate it. Uh, I mean, I feel like Daryl needs no introduction, but he's only been on a week. So (laughs) Daryl, who are you? What do you do and why are you here on
2: our show? Sure, hi, Uh, my name is Daryl. I am the editor of Modern Campground. We bring RV and, uh, and campground owner news to you worldwide. So um, I'm currently based in Manila, Philippines. I have been all around, and um, I am happy to be here. And um, hopefully this episode doesn't turn into a complete disaster. <laughs> it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> so all on right, to you,
0: Shane. Shane.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's a pleasure to be here. I, uh, I wish I was on my raft uh, with you guys. Um but I'm do you have Shane, a raft? I uh I do, not not here, <laughs> uh, but at home I have a raft. Oh yeah, I, well, I would have good to. at
0: home. You should put it in your office and just work from it on the floor. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's a very small office here, Brian. Um anyway, Shane from Canadian Camping and RV Council. Um like I said, excited to be here. And you know, I just want to congratulate Brian and his group for for coming up north uh in in uh, in the tundra and, and operating out here it's great to see you guys um you know servicing canada canadian campgrounds with a canadian office so congratulations
0: thank you sir appreciate it. it's been a long time coming so uh, we're excited to serve you guys up here and uh i don't know what's three four thousand campgrounds up here right so,
3: mm-hmm. more there's about uh, 2500. Project, well, we're yeah. going
0: to build more. We're building more right now, Shane. You just I haven't don't, counted don't. lately. <laughs> we just started construction on three hundred more in Calgary this morning. So, uh, and then Kara, can is your mic working, Kara? Like we were getting feedback earlier. So, all right, Kara, introduce yourself. Uh,
2: hi guys, uh, Harris is Nadia here, uh, Member Services Coordinator for CQVC. Um Happy to be here yet again, and uh, yeah, excited to uh, hopefully not drown today.
0: oh we're gonna do all kinds of fun things here but uh let's start with let's start with amenities so like obviously um and i'll give i don't know we're gonna have to figure out the audio here uh with Kara just because we get feedback but so one of the things that you know is really was really popular i think Kara actually did a session with it yeah um does that work where are you at here. i'm here anyway oh there we go okay um so one of the things that was really popular, I think Carrie, you did a session on it, right? The one minute money makers, but just different things uh, at the CCRBC conference, just different things that can enhance your revenue at campgrounds. And, and you can choose to um, earn more money from your guests, right? Because they're there and we know they're going to camp. They're going to stay overnight uh, and they're going to spend that. And they're going to buy the ancillary things that we're all used to, right? They're going to do fire. They're probably going to do, you know, buy things in your store, Hershey bars, T-shirts, and maybe do tie dye activities. But we really want to think outside the box here. And, and so we're just going to kind of go around the room. And I know uh, Joe works with a lot of campgrounds. He's built apps for them and ties in a lot of their activities into his platform. Um, you know, Daryl's seen a couple articles come across probably the top that stuff. Shane and Kara both have obviously more, much more expansive viewpoints than I do. So I'm going to let them talk for a little bit. Uh, just exactly the purpose of why we're sitting on this raft today, right? Like not everybody obviously has a river in front of their campground that they can take advantage of. But you've seen some of these places with whippets and inflatables and slides and taking advantage of whatever your natural surroundings are to not necessarily charge extra from your guest, but to maybe bake that into your price and charge extra without showing them you're charging extra, right? For more value, more propositions, more quantity. So uh, who wants to start?
2: Anybody you want to start, Kara? Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. I, uh, you know, it's been a couple of years since I was operating a park, but uh, I definitely, you know, have... Uh, had my share of strategic, like creative, uh, brainstorming sessions about how to uh, maximize revenue and 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 provide additional amenities and create that really cool, like unique experience in my park. Um, you know, harnessing things like events that were near near my campground. Obviously, the Calgary Stampede and things like that um, were logical things to uh, uh, partner with. But other other great ideas. Um, you know hosting food truck event nights and things like that or are, are things that we did to really um strategically uh add additional fun stuff to to our park every day uh our weekends were always typically booked so we used you know those those weeknights that we wanted to drive uh more bookings in to really announce a lot of those events and, and run some cool stuff which meant really well for us we did fundamental cool stuff like carnival game nights and cornhole tournaments and various things um but uh yeah there's I, you know i know there's a ton of campgrounds oh wow hi there's a ton of campgrounds that are doing some really <laughs> oh boy some really <laughs> unique, cool stuff um so uh i'm excited to hear i think there's a lot of, a couple of folks on this call that i think could really um really pass, uh, some great insights. This is going awesome, isn't it?
0: <laughs> <that? laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna we're oh gonna kick God. it to somebody else, obviously, here in a second. But like, here, so here's where's my dog? Like
2: Kara actually just, just mentioned
0: somewhere. was. <clears throat> is she on camera? There she is. Uh, yeah. So my dog is like there's this duck in the river somewhere. Where'd the duck go? Anyway, so she's, like, she's going to chase the duck around the raft and try to like eat it, but it's in the water and she's not. She doesn't. No um shane
3: you want to go next uh sure and uh, it's it's good that hunting season had to start in alberta yet uh brian
0: uh, <laughs> do they allow that in downtown calgary
3: i i well i i don't know it is a wild wild west out there I don't
1: know. I don't know. um go
3: ahead shane yeah go you know up, um I, I think For from our uh, from our perspective um you know, uh, there's obviously a lot of new campers uh, getting into the lifestyle. And um, it's great to see so many campgrounds across Canada and and, and, and throughout the U.S. for that matter. Um, you know, looking at ways to make their experience as good as, as possible. Um, and it's, um, you know, I, I think we're seeing a lot of innov- innovative, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, added uh, kind of uh uh leisure activities and everything but anything a campground can think about to uh to, you know to make that camper mm-hmm. uh uh feel welcome and and to have fun while they're at the park um uh is is uh, highly encouraged and great to see uh, out there so um you know that's uh, that's all i got starting out anyway
1: <clears throat> Well, so something that Shane just mentioned with the uh, new campers is I heard a lot a lot of campgrounds setting up are starting a uh, camper setup process. And so you would sign up if you're a new camper, like part of your registration process would be if you're never camped before. And then they might have somebody that will either you upsell or they'll come help you set up the time. And so that—that's a damn way to make money off of the, the whole new camper, and an experience is going to make you know your campground memorable to them.
3: Hey, Joe, that is an unbelievable idea. It's almost like, um, you know, as opposed to the the, the, the campground owner walking the, the new camper around, maybe have some kind of a a deputy or whatever, you know, somebody who's is who's at that park quite a bit to what to it says you concierge. Know, there you go. Exactly, good word. That's exactly what I was trying to uh, think of. But to walk them around and be uh, be a contact, uh, you know, uh, for that for that new camper, and uh, I think that's a great idea.
1: Well, and and not not just the concierge. The, the initial thing I was talking about was the camp, camper setup. So like helping them with their fresh water setup, their electricity, the sewer, because your new campers have never done it. And so, you know, that's one thing. Having a concierge uh, is another thing that's actually on my list. Um, we've talked to a few of our campgrounds because through our um, app, you can do personal notifications and they can actually set up a concierge service where at any time the camper can message them and ask a question to a specific concierge. And so that that's, a, that's kind of another idea that we had. But uh, in this case, I was just talking about new camper setup. How does the awning work? How do you get the hot water started? You know, all of that stuff that someone's camping for the first time has no idea about, you know, they rented, they rented something from, uh, you know, camping in USA or whatever, and they don't know how to, how to set up that, you know, that class C that they have.
0: And here's the, here's the beautiful part with this, Joe. And, and, And I don't, I'm pretty sure that none of the campground owners who are watching this have actually thought about this because it's a crazy idea but you don't actually need to know how to do these things to offer the service because the people you're showing don't know how to do it either. <laughs> so if you're doing it wrong, you can still get paid and make money
2: know okay. what I you're talking about when you're offering those services
0: <laughs> I'm trying to help. there's a staffer and labor shortage. We all know this so I'm just trying to make people as efficient as possible.
1: Well, but go then, ahead, please. You
0: guys were having a good, there's a good suggestion. It's well, excellent. Yeah. And what with that, for,
1: see, for seasonal parks, you can, you could actually even hire a seasonal to do it. Um, you know, it's not a standard work camper. You would only have the one or two hours on a Friday or Saturday morning. And these are the set times that will do that, you know, so you can, you can do it without having another staff member and having somebody very knowledgeable about how to set things up
3: yeah like i like a camp buddy or a, or a camp yeah. sponsor or something right
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah that's a good idea I like it uh,
0: and care used to call them ambassadors at her bar
2: yeah. mm-hmm. so there, there are other campers who would kind of assist us with that kind of customer service we had a couple guys on site that were seasonal and uh you know would help with you know connecting up water and sewer connections and those kinds of things, just like, just like I was saying. So Mm -hmm. uh, those are incredibly valuable. They also kind of really facilitate a a community almost in the park where they have this sense of purpose and feel, um, in addition to just kind of liking to be there, they also really contribute to the overall like positivity in in your park, which is great. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can't really go wrong with that. So that's a great idea to start us off with. What else, what else do we have? What else have you seen out there, Joe?
1: Well, so another thing that Kara mentioned, I'm just gonna steal little bits of uh, Shane and Kara's ideas and then go off on a tangent on them. So uh, Kara mentioned partnering with the local area. Well, some of our customers um, have excursions um, and we've actually kind of looked and saw what the landscape looks like. And many excursion providers like, um, like boat hard, Boat charters, fishing excursions, um, bear viewing in Alaska, stuff like that. They use a product called Fair Harbor, and Fair Harbor has an affiliate setup. And so, if you uh, if if your campground is near a place that has a lot of those types of things, any boating or excursion type uh, capabilities, talk to the vendors and see who has see who uses something like Fair Harbor. You don't even have to be involved. Your guests can go to your website. Click on the link to go sign up for a chartering fish charter fishing boat. They go, they book their time. You're not involved. Uh, they go out, they do their excursion, and you get a cut. You know, and you're providing a service for them by sending them to where they would want to go, where they don't have to look for it. Uh, and so it, it's it's a win for everybody involved. Uh, we don't see that many campgrounds do it. It's kind of something that I'm seeing the campgrounds that we're working with, and I'm saying, hey. Have you do any of your vendors use this product, or can you find a vendor that does? And then it just makes it makes it easy. So how do you how do you come up with
0: that list, though? Right. So mm-hmm. obviously we're dealing with campgrounds. Obviously, all of us on this call, right? Shane runs a huge national association. Kara, system. system. Uh, Joe, you and I have dozens and dozens of people that mm-hmm. we work with uh, from campgrounds all across the country. How do you, as a campground owner, discern Obviously, if you're on a river, right, that's very easy. Yeah. But how do you discern what's the best thing to offer at your park?
1: Well, for for what I was specifically talking about there, it'd be if you're at an area that is a tourist destination. Because, you know, that, that's going to be for tourist areas. It's going to be for uh, ocean, large lakes, and other major tourist areas that they have canopy tours and all of that stuff. But um, so you know that about your park. Whether or not that's the case, I, I, well, you should know that about your park. I shouldn't say. Um, okay. In terms of finding those people, I, 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 haven't looked specifically, but I imagine that Fair Harbor has a way just to search for all of their customers. You know, just like all of the reservation vendors have a website where you can book at any of their, uh, their clients. Um, I'm assuming that Fair Harbor has a similar thing where you can say, "What's going on in, um, you know, um, Panama City?" And then they would show you a list of fishing charters that, that have the ability. And so then the, the campground could say, oh, okay, well, I'm going to see if I can partner with.
3: And, you know, and, and if if the campground's not near, you know, uh, or doesn't have access to uh, something like Fair Harbor, I, you know, I would encourage them to reach out to their local businesses. Um, <laughs> you know, it could be an ATV shop that rents ATVs. <clears throat> You know, uh, simple as that. And if they're on a trail, um, hey, you know, once a week or twice a week, would you know, I, I, at the ATV shop, you, you're willing to bring in four to eight ATVs if I can, you know, pull, pull people in. It could be, um, you know, uh, I guess the sky's the limit, you know, based on what kind of uh, leisure activities are around them, mm-hmm. you know, for them to do themselves.
1: Yeah, I've definitely seen. Uh, we have a, uh, I think, two or three customers that have bike delivery uh, rental services, and so the uh, the campground they don't want to manage and house bikes; uh, they just work with a partner that will come and deliver however many bikes are needed that day based on prior reservations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then again, the campground gets a cut of the of the fee, and so you know they're making money, but also providing a service, and they don't have to do all the work, uh, which is which is perfect, <laughs> campground owner. <laughs>
3: oh for sure it it, you know goes the other way too when uh you know the 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 bike owner could promote the campground too Uh um you know it's kind of a cross promotion and um you know if you get enough businesses working you know crosswise to promote each other i think it's great in the area it really helps out
1: Kara, i think you're muted i can't hear you
3: it's probably a great idea though (laughs) <laughs> Cara, we can't hear you Keep talking
1: <laughs> Well, since we can't hear Kara, uh, There we go Yeah. Right. This is going great <laughs> uh, Since we can't hear Kara, one of the things So we're at a campground right now And uh, yesterday it rained, our kids were like uh, just getting ready to go to the pool and they sent out a push notification saying that um, you know, the pool's closed because of a storm. Well, my wife had a great idea that if they they could just have pre-set up craft delivery service for like a craft. You just pull them off the shelf, and with their push notification, they could have sent a, a link to a store item for people to purchase a craft to do it at the like at your site. And so you're just done. It's quick, it's a it's again a value add, it's raining. You know, it's too bad. So maybe you charge for it, or maybe you just deliver them and people sign up. But it'd just be a quick and easy way to turn a rainy day into profitability. Right. That is actually a very good idea, especially for like days that, you know, are unexpected. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely Mm -hmm. a great idea
2: to have like stuff delivered to them that they can do like an activity together, like inside.
1: Yep. Uh, and the campground we're at has a ton. They have a whole activity shed with a ton of activities, so everything kind of already is ready to go. It's just not packaged into like a single unit with right. directions. But man, how much effort would that take? And then if you were doing it for free, since they already have that as a free service, now well, that just looks unbelievable. It looks like you're doing you're yeah. going above and beyond. And if you're charging right. for it, well, then you're making it ancillary revenue. You know, it's it's up to your campground. And like like Brian said. If you're baking it into the cost or you're trying to make ancillary income.
3: Right. Is there many activity? I, I had to run and get a charger on my phone. Sorry. Uh, we can hear you now. Awesome. Perfect.
0: <laughs> so. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure you can hear me in case I felt I needed to insert something valuable, which almost never happens. But... <laughs> <laughs>
3: But is there is there many uh, you know we're we're seeing a lot of rainy days out here eastern Canada lately and uh, is there any activities uh, that uh, a campground could do spur of the moment
1: that uh, you know on a rainy day to, that are safe? Well, it depends on if they would have a enclosed rec room, right? If they have an enclosed rec room, they have plenty of opportunities right. there. You yeah. know, they can they can turn their rec room into a playground by just putting a. Uh, uh, using masking tape and putting a four, doing a foursquare tournament um, mm-hmm. or or something inside, yeah. um, you know. There's there's a lot of options if they have an enclosed space or, or a pavilion. If they don't, then it's more so something at your site. So something like that craft delivery or or, or something of that. I think would work.
3: Yeah, Brian, I'm sure. Cool. You
1: you have a lot of fun on rainy days. What do you what would you suggest uh, would be something for campground and do impromptu. I have fun on rainy days.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not entirely sure what that means, but I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. I mean, rainy. Yeah. Like, I mean, like you're talking about rainy days, right? Like anything indoors or any inside activity. So again, it's going to depend on what your kind of infrastructure, your campground is. If you have an inside building or an office space or a place where you can get people together and even play a game or right. mm-hmm. um, uh, Twister or anything like that. Right. Or you have an arcade room or you have card tables or you have, A lending library or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're outside and you don't have that room, then you got to get more creative. But maybe you've got a pavilion. Even though it's not enclosed, you can still keep people somewhat dry. I mean, the pandemic has opened up a whole new world to this, right? Like, we're obviously coming out of it, but you can still use some of the things like the Zoom and the virtual events and the get-togethers and online bingo and stuff to, if it's raining really bad for an extended period of time, keep people engaged while they're inside their campers with you too. So,
1: right. Yeah, I, did, I have seen um, <clears throat> some campgrounds do virtual, uh, like virtual trivia, virtual bingo on Zoom. Uh, I have seen that happen. So that'd be something. Another thing would be uh, talking, going back to the partnerships is if you had a partnership with uh, um, with a local aquarium or, or something that was inside, that'd be a great time to notify your guests saying, hey, it's a rainy day, pool's going to be closed, but here is, uh, we have these 15 percent off passes that the aquarium has given us and now's a perfect day to go use it you know that would be a great a great thing to uh to to do you know here's an idea you could have a murder
0: mystery at your campground and you could have everybody get on the zoom and you could say listen we have a serious situation here there is an actual real killer somewhere in the campground and we need your help to find him he's in one of the trailers possibly next to you and your children So you have to stay on the Zoom and pay attention to us. We're going to give you clues. We're going to figure out who it is. I'm really shocked. Sued? I'm not telling people to actually do this stuff. I'm saying here's an idea. And if you're like, obviously, if you're dumb enough (laughs) like me, then you could do it. But I don't own a campground. There's a reason I don't own a campground. There should be a disclaimer here. Can you put up a disclaimer, Angela? Just say (laughs) that whatever I say, we shouldn't pay attention to. (laughs) <laughs> maybe okay. Maybe not the actual yeah. like. Uh, in all seriousness, though, no, right? Like, uh, obviously, we're not serious about there being an actual killer or anything. But that, but that is an idea. A murder mystery dinner theater is a very popular activity. Yeah. you can do. And so, if you can play along with that and get, you know, somebody to dress up costume or period and play along, that's an
3: activity. Mhm.
0: What else it we got? Sounds
3: like a lot of fun.
0: Well, Joe's gonna regret asking the <laughs> question.
3: Where where did Kara go? Is she still? Uh... I'm here. Okay. You haven't
1: haven't been murdered. (laughs) So, Well, I have no audio. Nobody can hear
2: me. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, another possibility with the rain out or, uh, or just on a normal day that you're wanting to increase revenue is if you cater to more adults, um, less of a family thing is, uh, you know, make sure everyone knows about an impromptu happy hour. Hey, the pool's closed. We're doing twenty-five percent off drinks. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, get people in into the into your your bar and restaurant, and then uh, increase some revenue. And they they think, oh, you're doing us a great service by charging us less. Giving us a deal. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's and here's the thing too. If it's raining outside, Joe, you know, and again, I'm not contributing anything valuable. To it, but if it's raining outside, you don't have to worry about quiet time because they're already inside their rigs. There, you don't have to kick them out from around the campfire where they're mm-hmm. screaming and shouting and singing "Kumbaya." They're already inside.
2: So it's a way to win. Yeah. I uh yeah. <laughs> I don't know about this. But yeah, I will say there's also some great ways to like uh support the charity, um, do things like um, you know, charitable like poker games or whatever, you know, get people to bring in donations to the food bank and things like that. Um, those things will really they add just cool fun stuff to do that's not really a ton of work to do, but uh, you know keeps them especially again, if
0: you have that big and here's another idea just pointing at my dog right here right like obviously there's animal shelters I've seen people bring in pets as an activity both indoors and outdoors for an adoption drive but also just keep kind of the kids entertained and stuff like that so all kinds of ways you can be creative you think outside the box
1: yeah they did that um uh, they did that at Armic last year right and yeah they had uh, the i forget puppies. what they called it but yeah
3: yeah. yeah, that was a great idea.
0: <clears throat> okay. Um, so we talked about new activities, all those kinds of things. How how do you decide, though, and, and we touched on this, Joe, with the outside vendors and stuff, but how do you decide from your park, like, obvious again, if you have a lake, right, you can order rivets and rafts and things like we're talking about, but how do you decide are bike rentals good for my property, are golf carts good for my property, are, you know, do I have enough people who are staying on my property during the day to do activities or are they going to an external theme park or attraction? How do you, you, where do you start?
2: It depends on your park and your infrastructure, where you're located, what's around you. Um, That's incredibly variable and and really hard to answer. (laughs) Sorry, Joe, I totally jumped in, but um, you know, I think it's important to also maybe measure from your guests what they want to see. I used to get requests all the time at my park for a splash park. And, uh, and things like that. So, you know, they're hope they're happy to give you that feedback if you ask for
1: it. Well, that's what that's what I was going to say Karen. Actually, you're you're better suited to answer that question than I am. Um, but uh, uh I was going to say the same thing is see what your your um, people are doing if if everyone brings bikes to your park then obviously people like biking at your park. And so there's a decent chance that someone would be inclined to rent a bike that forgot theirs, you know, or they didn't bring them or they, they can't carry them in their RV. Uh, so if, if everyone has bikes, you know that you're that type of park for sure. Same with if, yeah. if, if, if everyone's bringing kayaks, you know, you know that you, you should know if you're by water or not, but if you see a lot of people bringing in kayaks, somebody's somebody's going kayaking somewhere right it's just yep. that's right. Right. <laughs> uh so that's i mean that's the way but yeah kara is 100 percent right and it's the answer to every single rv park owner question is it depends
2: <laughs> well, and i would argue that's a big factor when you're planning either to develop or purchase a park is you know talking about um or really investigating the uh, uh your surroundings exists around you, how you can develop and, and expand on those things. Um, I think those are big questions to ask yourself when you're getting into business too.
0: Right, and, and I know that it's variable, right? Like we're well aware of that. I guess I'm just kind of asking like, where do you start that research process? And, and I know the answers are going to be different. But how do I, as a park owner, approach that? How do I, and surveys are one way, we covered that, right? But are there other ways that I can get that data from?
2: Talk to other operators talk to other campground owners mm-hmm. around, um, get involved with your association, get information from them about, you know, the types of uh, data that they're collecting on, on a maybe provincial or regional basis. Um, those resources are incredibly value. And frankly, like really worth the membership <laughs> the association. Um, but, you know, I think other operators are really, really always willing to uh, contribute and support each other which is one of my favorite things about this industry um right. but uh yeah overall between your your uh, customers as well as or potential customers as well as uh your peers those are really valuable resources I also think other operators in the in the area not specifically campground operators maybe they're um, excursion operators uh you know, the guy who owns the science center or whatever talk to those groups about what their demographics look like and how you can partner with them
1: well brian you asked the question but uh i know we can just turn it around on you and have you answer it because i would imagine there's some stuff that you can do with um some of the um social networking tools and analytics that Google might have to try to figure that stuff out as well. Is that correct, Brian?
0: Well, even just some basic research, right? Like this is part of the, like we have a lot of, obviously there's so many people getting into the RV parking development, right? And one of the things that we've been telling people about like the RVP that, that I'm a part of, is do your research, yes, with your local chambers, conference in the traditional ways, you use some of this data, like you can, you can, it's public how often people search for specific keywords. So if you're in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, for example, right, Um, you can literally search for how many times monthly people are searching for the word Pigeon Forge RV park, Pigeon Mm -hmm. Forge campground, Pigeon Forge camping. And that literally gives you a built-in demand of how much interest there is in those things already before you build your park, before you start branding, before you start marketing, before you whatever. And so using those same kind of tools to look at kayaking in a specific area, right, or national parks or lakes or biking. Trails or hiking or whatever it is, you can kind of get a, a, an idea of that built-in demand. And there's a free tool, um, Angela, if you can look it up, maybe in, in for somebody, maybe Daryl can look it up. Uh, it's called Uber Suggest, uh, like the car company Uber Suggest by Nilmet. Mm. If you do that maybe uh, Daryl or Angela, you can just put it on the screen in front of people. It's a free tool that you can use. Like we have enterprise ones that we use that are a little bit more fancy and detailed, but it's a free tool you can plug in any keyword and see the demand of what people are searching for on a monthly or annual basis on Google. So it's a good way to do research in addition to, right? Not the only way, but in addition to, and then, and then I think if I were to add on to that, right, like the local partnerships that, that Joe was talking about, if you, if you're in an area and there's seven kayak companies, it's a pretty good indicator of what people are doing in the area. Right. So,
3: You can, uh, always, yeah. you can always do a search top things to do around and just put your major town there right yeah that's a good
0: point too TripAdvisor's got those lists yelp has those mm-hmm. lists that are curated by users uh, people write articles on medium and right. blogs and things like that so uh and uh, your tourism websites too like what what are the what are the featured images on your tourism website like if you're going to we were joking before we started the the, the show about the east and west side of canada it's a shame they were by toronto and so if you go to your tourism website and there's no pictures of mountains, then you don't need to worry about mountain. If you go to your tourism website and there's city access, then maybe you're looking at offering partnerships with some of the local museums and things like that. And obviously pictures is just one thing, right? But the lists and the blogs and the things that they're writing about in your context can all be useful resources starting start. With.
3: Yep. Well, how do you guys feel about suggestion boxes?
0: As in, like the old paper suggestion boxes. Yes. What if you get like a bunch of suggestions and then they catch fire one night? Shaming.
2: We did use them in my park specifically because a lot of my my guests were kind of seniors and weren't really using computers and stuff yet. Um, but uh, yeah, we. We definitely used them. We encouraged guests to uh, return those to us once they um, checked out. I think we gave like a little discount card for the next time they came or whatever, if they, they would contribute by checking out with that stuff filled out. Um, and that provided us a ton of feedback. That's how we got feedback about splash parks and needing more trees and you know changing out amenities in the showers and basic fundamental things that were really valuable. I do think that stuff is changing with time. I think we can be collecting that information in various ways. Don't have to only do it via paper. Um, maybe you include something on their website. Maybe you're targeted emailing them after, the week after they check out and hey, thanks for staying with us. You know, give us some feedback. You know, there's lots of ways to get creative about those things. and And I think that feedback, I guests is really valuable.
1: Yeah, pretty much all of our customers have a uh, feedback, um, suggestion, uh, or maintenance request type form on their on their apps. Um, they pretty much all add one of those. Um, and they're, they are all look different. Each customer has different things they're asking for. But the one problem that you have with, you know, paper suggestion boxes, you gotta be diligent about putting it into some sort of digital format. Otherwise you're looking at something more anecdotal that you can't actually pull data on to say, okay, well, I've had 20 people ask me about having this activity as opposed to, eh, I think I've read that a few times. You don't know how many it right. was, you know, it's, um so I would always suggest going digital again. Uh, We do it with our apps. Put it on your, you can put it on your website. uh, And then normally one of the more useful ways is also um, uh, what Kara mentioned is after post-reservation feedback form that's sent out by your reservations provider. That's like, you know, you know, someone's just got done with their stay. You can offer them a discount tied right in. uh, And then they're more likely to fill out the form.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm surveyed out and uh you know these surveys that that you answer 20 questions and then you and then they come back and say you're 33 percent done at that point i'm done that's that's it for me and <laughs> I to it learn, right? yeah. it's
0: the simple questions right and so this is where like nps comes into play yeah. where they ask you on a scale of one to ten and then they give you if you haven't heard of nps look it up it's a huge system koa uses it all their parks. Uh, You just rate the the experience based on one to 10 and then there's a comment box and that's it. And there's not 30 questions or 40 questions. Um, So there are ways to do that and and let people. Plus, it's open ended. Right. You don't have to think of the 30 questions. Then maybe you're missing 31. That was that valuable nugget of information that you really needed. You leave it open ended and they'll expand and write however little or as much as they want.
2: I've received a novel or two on those for sure.
0: And then, and then I'm assuming that Angela or Daryl, or whoever, has put the disclaimer on here. So I'm just <laughs> gonna go ahead and say it. Like I, I feel like you could put a gate at your park with a with an audio audible warning, right? Like where it just doesn't open until you provide feedback in some form. Like put an Alexa device there <laughs> to record people. I'm sorry, you cannot leave until you provide feedback.
2: <laughs> That's very dystopian of you. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I mean, they won't fill the out the surveys. Negative.
0: You get like, what is the number? It's like one percent of the surveys you actually send out get feedback. So this is a foolproof right. way. I mean, it, it's going to be mostly
1: negative feedback, I'm sure, but you'll get the feedback. <laughs> it, it wasn't <laughs> negative feedback until you locked them in. Now yeah. it's negative. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Campground so this, is great.
0: I mean, but you'll get That's some totally good feedback. There's the people. You'll always have the people who want the late checkout, right? Who never get off their site on time. They'll give you good feedback because they got to, they were there longer.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, All right, Fe-
2: feedback. What else we go got for it. attractions?
0: I don't know what what time is it. It's eleven. Oh, it's eleven forty already. We're running, man. We're killing the time here. we uh, it on a raft every week.
1: Well, so uh so local attractions. Also, the things that you can add in there is some sort of sponsorship. Obviously, um, everyone's dealt with this. You know, it's not really out of the box thinking, but. If you tie it more to attractions and less to just ride around uh, you're also providing more of a service right so um we were in a campground um last week and there was nothing in the campground information about this but there was a um like a large goat and cow creamery around the corner that had lunch and they had cows and our uh, goats that the kids can pet and um it was it was a really cool place well it would have been a service to add to the customers to, to let them know about it. And it's probably also revenue generation for advertising. And so that's something, you know, I know that, um, you know, a lot of people with our guest guides and have the sponsorship and we have stuff like that built in the app tuna, let people know about the local area, but the attractions are just uh, so much even bigger because again, that can be something done on rainy days. That can be something that, um, is that just wow factor about your, the area and your park. So, um, that's something I would I would consider adding in there.
0: All right, let's switch this real quick because we got about 19 minutes left or something. Let's switch this to Canada, right? So this is the reason that, um, well, we're on the raft for the attractions, but uh, Insider Perks has expanded into Canada. And I want to talk up to some of you other people because I know Joe has done that extensively, and Shane obviously runs the association and says how Care helps him, uh, both from two perspectives, right? Uh, one is the consumer standpoint if you're a and then we all know that the border is currently closed from Canadians coming into the US It's open the other way around which makes absolutely no sense. Biden is nuts and probably on drugs or something Can I say that like no. I feel like is there a disclaimer? No. It has to be it doesn't make any sense I've talked to I've talked to all these seasonal park owners in Arizona and Florida who are missing these Canadians coming down uh, We got to open this board. But anyway, so when the border is open though um, we are, you know, there, there's an opportunity for you as a seasonal park or a regular park. Maybe you're up north and you want to attract the summer guests who are coming across the border from Canada to reach into these new markets. And so maybe you're doing your traditional advertising in your rest stops and nearby in your local tourism bureau. Um, but maybe there's an opportunity for you to reach out to some of these guests cross border. And so I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, and then from a supplier perspective, too, right? Because we got some suppliers on here who watch our show regularly. Uh, Joe is one of them. I'm one of them. Um, technically, I guess Daryl's one of them. Um, but from a from an expanding, just like Insider Perks is doing into Canada, right? Like we've been coming to shows, uh, camping in Ontario, for example, Camp X. Uh, Joe's been to that conference, I think, right? Joe? Oh yeah,
1: we were
0: there the other one year. I was uh, your there, I'm like... if you don't recall. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so I was, I but I was there four years in a row prior to COVID and all this, and we heard the same thing consistently, right? It was you know we, we had canadian clients but over and over again we were hearing that we want to keep our dollars in canada we want to keep our tax money in canada we want to give back to the local community and so that's part of the reason that we're up here and opening this division is so that we can work with canadian parks and the native currency uh and that they can keep those tax dollars in canada because they're literally going to a company that is canadian that's going to hire canadian employees so um i don't know where, where are we want to start uh, consumer or business let's start with consumer let's get that in and make sure we do
1: So advertising wise, um, we actually have some customers, um, in Canada and that are also seasonal properties in Florida that cater to Canadians. And so, um, we've been approached, we haven't started any of this yet, but, um, we have definitely had, um, groups from one side advertising the other. So like a Florida property wants to advertise their property in on our Canadian apps. And so uh, those cut, you know, they can get sponsorship money that offsets the price, or it makes the app a revenue generator for them. Um, But that way, that Florida Park is advertising in Canada, and will hopefully be bringing some people down to them. And so I've definitely seen that. Um, I definitely have known some connections, and people are wanting to to get connected to do some more advertising in uh, in the guides and stuff like that for. You know, because in Canada, how many parks are, are actually open in the winter, you know, and so it's a really great thing because no one's going to be fighting those people. From, no, no Canadians want to stay in Florida in the summer and uh, the mm-hmm. parks are most of the parks are closed in the winter. So uh, it kind of is a great thing where they the advertising is useful, helpful, and it's not going to steal anything from the uh, members, you know, or from that campground.
0: Well, why don't you talk a little bit about that, Kara? Like, how would a U.S. uh, campground reach out to Canadian parks? Or not Canadian parks, but
2: Canadian students. How would a U.S. campground reach out to Canadian consumers? I think we are already seeing, like, partnerships with, um, you know, an RV park up here. We'll work closely with a a park in Florida or whatever. And they kind of share guests, um, which Mm -hmm. is a great uh, way to, to operate specifically with how seasonal things are. Um, you know, I think that's another great benefit of association membership. You get to meet campground owners from across the continent and then, you know, really uh, get unique and creative about about how to operate. Um, but I think also, you know, there's lots of great ways this community is so interesting in terms of its, um, you know, people are so passionate about it. So it's uh, a great opportunity it would probably be lots of our, like our snowbird. Uh, news sites and things like that; those are great advertising sources, probably for works um, down south. Um, so yeah, there's lots and lots of options. I think top one is probably networking with your uh, peers.
1: Well, what what Karen just said, there's I, we know of some Facebook groups that have forty thousand, eighty thousand people yeah. in them that are snowbird groups uh, from Canada, like Canadian snowbird groups, and. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what their model is, like the the people running it, but, you know, maybe those parks in Florida could advertise to those people.
2: Um, well, I do see that already. I
1: mean,
2: mm-hmm. in those groups, are you in any of those groups, Joe? No, I'm not. Okay, yeah, so uh, in those Facebook groups, we do often see campground owners um, on both sides of the border kind of directly targeting those members mm-hmm. of those groups with Posts and stuff in those Facebook groups. So yeah, they're a great resource. It's, it always fascinates me how much Facebook has impacted uh, business
3: these days. Mm-hmm. And there's there's other groups. RV Villagers is is one um, huge huge group. You know, I think uh, campgrounds can advertise and dealers advertise. You know, manufacturers advertise in there. Um, so, I agree with Kara. You know, social media has made it um, uh, very easy to communicate. <laughs> uh, well, I think the dog likes that. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not.
0: Maybe not. Okay. <laughs> she's mad at me because she's cold and she's on the So.
3: Oh. <laughs> but, you know, I, I guess. Oops. Sorry,
2: Kara. I'm sorry. I have no oh, um, okay. audio. <laughs> I think this entry into the Canadian market by some of these supplier members is going to be really uh, valuable, specific to Canada. I think a lot of our... or We are missing some elements in our market up here specific to some of the services that companies like Joe's and, and Brian's and mm. some others who are uh, expanding our... Going to really fill those voids right. and, and help make things both easier for our members and, and their businesses, but also you know enhance our ability to provide great services to guests and and continue to shift the um, perspective of camping and and keep it accessible to more and more uh, broader demographics, which is awesome. Yeah, and on that note, we
1: uh, we haven't. Like we haven't seen, or I haven't seen, um, too much pushback on um, on us being a U.S. company. Um, we haven't we haven't really had. Um, mm, well, none of our clients obviously have had a problem with it. <laughs> right, right. I, I agree
0: with that, Joe, and I'm, I'm gonna let you talk about that in a, <laughs> a second.
1: But like, I agree with that. We didn't have
0: a ton of pushback, but uh, we knew that it was there as kind of an underlying like the people who are working with us would really still like it. If just like Mm -hmm. you want to buy American, right. If you're American buy Chinese, if you're Chinese and whatever, it's the same kind of principle. So.
1: Right. Um, so yeah. And well, and what Kara was saying is a lot of, there's certain markets, uh, especially some of the vendors have that is just not as not as big in Canada at the moment, at least. And so, you know, depending on what you're selling, there's a decent chance that there isn't a vendor there or, or a known vendor there. And so, you know, in that case, um it's probably not going to matter too much in in either way but i don't know i don't think we've seen that i think you have a good product you have a good personality and talk to people and it's not really going to matter that much
3: and it's good to have you know the national association because if i was a campground owner and and a member of ccrvc and they couldn't find a supplier um you know just to you know give us a call or, or contact us that you're looking for something because chances are you're not the only one looking for for that services or supplier so you know we can help source source that up for you and and uh and work to get a, a better deal for you too because you know we've you know made all these contacts and that you know and if we, if we you know need something then we can reach out to them hey do you know uh, so-and-so if if they supply this uh, service so you and know you make kind a really of, good I point shane,
0: too, you make a really good point like ask these questions of your association because even if you're the first person to ask the question and you have to go find a supplier that does that you're helping everybody who comes after you because then shane knows who to send people to when they ask the same question later
3: yeah and there's yeah you know, there's there's all kinds of opportunities for suppliers all over the world, especially in the U.S. to, you know, to sell up to um, Canadian campgrounds, and um, you know we we've, we've only scratched the surface of of poss- possibilities. So it's it's good for all, everybody involved for sure.
0: <clears throat> so I think just to circle back right to the consumer side briefly, because I know we have mostly campground owners watching. There's a couple of suppliers um, I'm sure who will watch later and who regularly watch, but. From a campground runner's perspective, like it's it's interesting. I have a lot of people come to me from a marketing standpoint and say, Well, how do I reach people in Canada? It's the same answer I've given for how do you reach people right? It's kind of the same. Like yes, you can go above and beyond and target specific magazine it's just that millennials are watching or that Canadians are watching or that Snowbird's watching. But if you have covered the basic marketing of like whether you're and, and Daryl knows this, we've covered, we're covering like mm-hmm. it's only been a couple of weeks, but we're covering this stuff globally. Like, glamping is global. Camping is global. Campgrounds are, like, they Mm. might call them campings in Europe instead of campgrounds, but they're the same principle, same concept. Yes, there are niche differences, but this stuff is global, and it translates that way, and so is the behavior of people for the most part. They're all using Google or Bing or whatever their search engine is. They're all using the same social media apps or very few handful of different ones, right? right? And so if you're marketing and you're talking to people in the way that, You've already mastered in the United States, for example, or in Canada, if you're a Canadian park, then if you just continue doing those things uh, and maybe refine it a little bit with your blog posting, your content, or your wording, or whatever, you're going to reach these people naturally anyway. I mean, it's a box tick on Google Ads to also target your ads to people in mm-hmm. Canada or wherever. So,
3: yeah. Well, especially now, you know, in the last year and a half or whatever, the focus uh has has been on the campground and, and rv industry you know uh, pretty significantly in it and every uh, all around the world is just growing leaps and bounds
1: <clears throat> yeah we're on a we're on a four-month trip um uh, driving around um with the family and uh we didn't do it in the That's... summer because of how busy uh campgrounds are going to be this summer as we knew yeah. that one and be a pain to get booking, uh, and two and be a pain to talk to our customers or prospects. You know, we're, I would say, half of our campgrounds that we're staying at are our own customers, and just kind of feeling out what they're doing and and trying to make things a little bit better for them and easier for them. And uh, and we just knew that wouldn't be possible if we were doing it this summer because everything was just packed. And so we're we're moving in a direction that makes us be in the shoulder season for everybody. And so that's uh that's what we're doing, and we're planning. We're well. We were planning on staying in Canada, and then I realized my passport expired uh, yesterday.
2: Oh no! So,
1: so we are not making it up to, uh, um, we were going to go to Windmill Point uh, Park in uh, Niagara Falls, our Niagara area. And uh, unfortunately that won't happen, but hopefully Rose will get out there because we um, you were talking about suppliers. So we're planning on creating a Canadian bank account to make it a little bit easier for our Canadian customers to pay us, because uh, sometimes that can be a hassle for them, and sometimes it can be a hassle for us, depending on which type of method they're they're trying to use. And uh, if we can just make it easier for our customers, that'd be great for us. So
3: that's that's a great you- idea, Joe. Because um, you know the, the the currency fluctuation, you know can can be a little bit of a detriment. So you know that, that's great on you. Um, you know I'm sure your customers up here appreciate that a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah we have some that have their cards are declined for u.s uh, purchases uh for out of, for out- of country purchases they're so they're, for large amounts at least their their cards are, are declined for that and then if they send us a check our banks take eight weeks to process uh it's just a, it's, it ends up being a real mess so um we can make it easier on both of our ourselves just by going and quickly opening a bank account you know
0: well, that, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, the 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 making it easy on the customer standpoint, both from a consumer, if you're a, if you're serving Canadian people who are crossing the border to stay at your campground, mm-hmm. or from a supplier perspective, like we used we used to do that before we opened up the Canadian division, right? Like there's Insiderbergs.ca now uh, that needs a little polishing and tweaking and stuff, but that gives our prices and native Canadian currency and all that. But before we did that we had the one website where you could go and you could check out and you could change, and change it. This actually in real time for the services we, we provide them. Um, you can switch the currency in real time and it does whatever today's exchange rate is, and starts a subscription or takes the price in that Canadian. So they don't have to do the calculations. They don't have to worry about it. It's not an extra step for the consumer. Anything you can do to create less friction then I would use my two hands, but um, I'm holding the camera in one. So <laughs> friction, you can kind of get it, uh, you know, uh it is a better guest experience and is gonna help you retain that and drive more loyalty on both sides, supplier mm-hmm. and consumer. Yes. All right, so we it is eleven fifty-six here. We got about four minutes left. Um we were gonna do more cool stuff on this little raft here. And the thing is, is I was gonna do like I was gonna get on one of those dingy, like whatever what are you calling? them? Like a dingy? The dingy. dingy dingy.
2: I was gonna float
0: away and all kinds <laughs> of stuff, but my, my phone is like dead. And so I've got it tethered to this battery, which is not waterproof. So I feel like getting onto that float would be a terrible idea for my
1: So spice. you'll have to send Kara out then. Uh, yeah, send Kara out. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> look
2: at me. I'm in you
3: know, look at I'm <laughs> oh, so, there is, the Look, there is it's the sun's over there. So Brian, have you have you actually floated on that raft yet?
2: No maiden voyage. Today. This
0: is the maiden voyage today. We
3: literally blew it up an hour before the show. It was in a box. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. And and how many dinghies did you buy? Well, there's two like the, the the float actually came with two attached to it. Wow, this
0: is a thing, right? Like if yeah. you're in a river, lake, or something like that, like this this thing I think was 500 Canadian, which is about 400 450 US or something off eBay. And it seats, like, six people in this little area, and there's drink holders and cup holders, and two people can launch off the thing that, in the dinghies, and, like, it's a great amenity for floating around your park that you can rent out that's much cheaper than a paddle boat, probably, I would imagine.
3: Did you say sleep? Well,
0: yeah, sure, you can sleep here if you want. Did I say No, sleep? I
1: thought, I, yeah. I feel I like you can. I think you said seats. Oh, uh, seats. Oh.
3: Especially
0: Actually, if you're doing happy hour, like Joe was talking about earlier, so.
1: Actually, Brian, uh, listen, now you made us go back to our amenities thing. Something I forgot earlier, and you just made it come up. And you just made me think of it talking about renting yeah. these out. We had a bunch of customers this year add Cabana rentals. Um, I don't know if that's a thing uh, going across the country, uh, but we probably had yep. three customers add Cabana rentals this year. And so I'm sure there's plenty of campgrounds that haven't caught on to that trend, but uh, it's getting uh, popular.
3: So, can you do, do they get delivered? Like
1: uh, well, most most time, they're poolside, so it's poolside oh, cabanas okay. that are sitting there, um, and then they get to rent them for you know two hours or uh, hour or four hours, whatever whatever they that campground yeah. decided to set up. I mean, well, we have, really you
0: I, can get you can get really creative with this stuff if you really want to, right? Like charge for pool access, which only means the cement area around the pool, and then you have to pay extra to go into the pool, an extra to go into the deep end, and extra to get a cabana. Well wow. An extra to get I'm, rescued in case you're in danger.
1: I think I think we have a customer. Or that add charges, five bucks a uh, night,
0: which Kara just said.
2: Or add five bucks a night, yeah. which your site rental.
1: Well, I think we have one campground that charges two hundred dollars for a cabana rental for a day. Wow! Yeah. That, no. Yeah. That's not that five dollars isn't going to make up for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but
0: you, you understand not. the principle, right? Like there's two no. no oh, ways yeah. to approach this.
1: There's the there's the incremental
0: add-on, 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 which mm-hmm. will give you the income but will upset For the, the guests when they see the itemized list. And there's the raise your prices to reflect the amenities mm-hmm. and values that your park offers, mm-hmm. which is going to – its and people are still going to complain sometimes, but not okay. nearly the volume of broken down into a XXXXX, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, it is 12 o'clock. Let's go around. Do we have any final thoughts just from everybody who wants to – do you want to wrap up talking about either Canada or amenities or anything like that? Jane, you want to start?
3: Uh, yeah, no, I thought this discussion was great. Um, very, uh, very appropriate, uh, timely. Um, good, uh, good ideas, and uh, you know, uh, like I said uh, before, uh, great to be on, and um, it's great to see um, you know you come up to Canada, Brian. So. <laughs>
0: Hmm. I'm happy to be up here. Joe, I know you're having a lot of success over in Ontario specifically. Tell us what, just
1: real yeah, quick, recap. Yeah, so actually uh, just this week our uh, Camp On app, which is the Camping in Ontario's uh, mobile app for their association, uh, just went over 20,000 downloads, in fact. Nice. Um, congratulations. Congratulations. nice. Ryan did not oh, know really about cool. that when he invited me to this. We just found out about that yesterday or the day before, so... Um, we had uh, we'd also given uh, them the ability that any of their campgrounds can come in and do COVID release forms directly through the, that app. And so we probably have about uh, 15% of their campgrounds are using that um, to, to do their COVID uh, um, uh, form that they have to fill out. So they're doing them digitally instead of uh, paper. So it's been really good, really successful. Awesome. Karen? Awesome.
2: Um, yeah I, I guess I really just want to say I so appreciate the support of our of you supplier members who are joining us and and really just broadening uh, exposure to the industry and making things easier for our members I always say that's kind of my top, top priority for me is is to give them you know the best business tools possible to to continue their success journeys Um So I I appreciate you guys. I know you guys are all doing great work to uh, support the industry as suppliers, and and it's incredibly valuable both to the association and its members.
0: And then one thing I want to throw in here before we wrap up, I know we're a couple minutes late, but we were supposed to have Randy Hendrickson on the show here from United Park Brokers, and there were some Mm -hmm. technical issues. He just couldn't join us this morning, so we're going to have him on another show later, uh, give him more time than he was supposed to get here, which actually will work out for you, Randy, in the end. Well, we're going to give you a shout out here anyway. Randy was going to be on the show. He's the founder and CEO of United Park Brokers. If you don't know Randy, he's been in the industry for he's, he says 30 years. I think it's more like 40 or 60. He's been here forever. <laughs> uh, all Like super knowledgeable about all kinds of different things. Uh, and he's expanding into Canada too with United Park Brokers. Uh, he's working with CCRBC and a couple other people up here uh, to do some campground listings and do some real estate and, and things like that. Uh, help people develop parks and all kinds of stuff. And so um, he'll join us on you know another show and talk about that. We just wanted to give him a shout out, make sure people knew that that existed up here. So that's United Park Brokers. Uh, and Randy's a real guy. So um, my dog is super mad at me now. So we're gonna wrap this up. Just want to thank you guys for uh, joining us for another episode of MC Fireside Chats. Um, you know, but we're gonna try to do some more interesting shows like this. Maybe not every week uh, on location, but maybe at some different campgrounds around uh, at least Alberta here and in Canada. while and up here, uh, maybe we can have uh, you know angela or other people or some of our guests maybe uh campground owners live from their campgrounds as well uh but really appreciate you guys joining us check out modern campground if you haven't already daryl's our editor yes, there please. super <laughs> excited to get this uh website up and running, and cover the campground industry globally we are available as a podcast as well on google spotify all those kinds of places so really appreciate you guys watching us and we will see you next week
2: all right. Thanks for all right. up,
0: Angela. cut us off we're done